partnership with RFN Studios, this is the Vineyard Christian Fellowship of Yakima. Good morning, Vineyard Christian Fellowship of Yakima. This is Dusty. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, I'd like to welcome you this week. And uh, this week I've got a special guest. So I'm going to be inviting my uh, good friend, uh, Dr. Aaron Anderson. Uh, He was with us our very first week when we were recording with my cell phone and none of you could really understand everything. (laughs) So hopefully this week our equipment has had a significant upgrade since then and you'll be able to hear all that Dr. Anderson has to share with us. Good morning. I think Dusty and I spoke about a month and a half ago, I think it was, mid-March. That seems right, yeah. It seems like uh, six months or a year ago (laughs) because so much has happened in that amount of time. I just wanted to share with you a little bit about, you know, what I'm seeing in the medical field and hopefully just bring you know some sense to what's going on with this. I know there's lots of news stories. There's lots of data showing this and there's controversy and some states are opening up and that sort of thing right now. But I just want to give you just, just my perspective, what I'm seeing, and hopefully it'll help in some way. In primary care, which is where I work, we've had to make some serious changes with how we take care of patients. Initially, we were doing a lot of phone calls and like virtual visits and some video phone calls. We're able to triage some of those people by by phone and then get people tested at the mobile unit um, where people can actually just drive through and get a nasal swab and get tested. So we've been doing a lot of testing on a lot of patients. You know, as things have gone on, there's just been some just major changes that we've had to make with how how we take care of people. I have had quite a few patients that have gotten sick and we are seeing family clusters. We have a lot of like multi-generational families that are living together. And it seems like when one person gets it, oftentimes it spreads through the family. It can range from a very mild case and about 80% of the cases are mild to moderate um, with people with a cough, maybe a little shortness of breath and some other symptoms, but it can affect even younger people really in a significant way. Younger people get hospitalized, those with pre-existing conditions, diabetes, heart disease, respiratory disorders, um, oftentimes can have a more complicated picture with with COVID. And so I've seen at firsthand quite a few people get really, really sick. There's quite a few people that have ended up in the hospital with this, people on ventilators as well. This isn't just the flu. We are actually just in the beginning stages of this, a significant toll that it's it's taken already, not just on our on our lives and our routines, but on our, on our economy, on you know people that are, are vulnerable in our community. I, I appreciate the steps that so many people around me have taken just to, to deal with this. And staying home is a hard thing. <laughs> we, we like our freedom. We like our, our ability to go places, to do what we want to do, to visit family, to visit friends. And it's been a real sacrifice having to scale that back and really just focus on you know, staying home and staying as healthy as possible. And Governor Inslee just extended the stay-at-home um, aspect to at least the end of May. And there's going to be a phasing approach. I think Dusty's going to probably talk a little bit about where we're at in Yakima. This is a this is a serious illness, and I think we're going to be battling this for quite a while. So it's more of a marathon than a race right now. And although we're going to start to see, I think, some ways to to live our lives in a more a little bit more normal fashion, it's not going to be normal anytime soon. And we do need to be really conscious, I think, about folks around us that are are vulnerable. I mean, I go we go to the grocery store to get some groceries, and these people are essential workers, and they are putting themselves 
at risk just by you know doing their job, providing food, providing services for for us. I take care of a lot of farm workers and and laborers that are in the fields, and they're they're essential. We need the food supply. I just want you to know that this is a real a real battle that we're in right now. I appreciate everything that people are doing. It's this is it's serious. I think we're going to get through this, and I think we're going to find ways to have some normalcy with our lives as time goes on. Just as, you know, as a person of faith, as a believer, I believe that God is with us through, through all this. I mean, I've had days where I feel just down or somewhat fearful with all that's going on, worry about my health, I have asthma. You know, if I get this, how, am I, how is my body gonna respond? There's definitely those, those challenges that I've, I've faced even in my own, my own mental health. And yet I know that God, you know, God's with me in this. He's a savior that, that walks along with us through the thick and the thin. I believe he's, he's given us people that are in leadership and in authority to help guide us through this. I don't think anybody knows the perfect answer for how to deal with this because we haven't dealt with a, a pandemic quite like this before. My feeling is that I need to keep praying for my leaders, my president, you know, all these different people to, to make the right decisions so that we can protect as many people as possible so that businesses and other folks can, can survive and get through this that have had to shut things down. But my hope is that we will we will be guided through this and we will remember this as a time, a challenging time, but a one, one which brought us together in new ways. And I am trying to focus on some of the beauty that I see in all of this. So for example, sometimes practicing medicine can be very routine. I can have my schedule, patients ready to go, everything's kind of lined up and you can get into kind of a rut with the way things are run. And I feel like Things have changed from day to day, week to week so much. I feel like I'm rediscovering the joy of what it means to, to practice medicine, what it means to take care of people, and what it means to be flexible in terms of taking care of people in different ways to keep them safe, to keep staff that I work with safe. So I, I do believe that there's um, a silver lining sometimes in this if we if we step back and we look. Also, you know, just having our lives scaled back. I know there's lots of time at home with the kids right now, lots of time to work in the yard. There's things that I think normally with my busy schedule or our busy lives, we don't always get to, get to appreciate. I'm thankful for those opportunities that I'm finding right now. Thank you, Aaron. I appreciate your time and your service, your expertise. I'd like us to, to take a moment and, and pray for Aaron and all of our essential workers who are out there every day serving us. Um, you know, it's, it's incredibly challenging for them at this time. So, Holy Spirit, we just invite you into this moment. Lord, I ask for your, uh, your great anointing on all of our healthcare workers, our first responders, God, our people working in the farms and the orchards and the food supply, Lord God, our folks working in um, the grocery retail, Lord Jesus, um, those in education who are still trying to plow through and, and keep students engaged, God, Lord, all of these who are still serving Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you anoint them? Would you bless them, Lord God? Would you... By your mighty power, Lord Jesus, give them inspiration, give them courage, give them strength, give them joy in the midst of challenge, Lord Jesus. Lord, and above all, would you give them your peace, God? And Lord, we just thank you that you are a good God and that you do love us. And we thank you for who you are, God. Amen. So I'm going to jump into the meat of this here. Um, 
in kind of in response to having Aaron speak, I, I wanted us to take a, a, a real look at kind of why we're doing what we're doing. So in the United States, as of two days ago in the United States, we had 1,031,659 cases of COVID that have been verified, and we've lost 65,000 of our fellow citizens. Uh, here in Washington State, 14,000 are the cases that we've had, and it started here. So Washington State has actually done an exceptional job at keeping our numbers low. Um, I'm going to show you in a minute that Yakima County is a little bit of an outlier of that, but overall the state has done really well. And we've had 800 deaths. This is Yakima. So starting at March 11th, going through April 29th, you can see that our curve is not very flat. Uh, we have more of a mountain that we're climbing up. Um, our cases are going up day by day by day. Um, I did read somewhere recently that something like 63% of our workforce are considered essential. Um, we have a lot of people in medical. We have a lot of people in healthcare. We have a lot of people in agriculture and food services. And so, you know, I think that plays a part in this. But there's also a lot of folks who are, are not staying home and staying safe. And so this is just a challenge to kind of look at the data. Uh, you, most of you guys know me. I'm very data science driven kind of person. It's like you make decisions based on information. It's the best way to make a decision. And the information is showing us that Yakima County is not doing a very great job. Uh, that curve is not flat. Um, I thought I would do kind of an apples to apples comparison. So I chose an eastern Washington County, Spokane. They're similar to us in ideology, economically, where us in Spokane are pretty on par versus, say, us in King County over in Seattle. So Spokane has a population of 522,000, almost 523. They've only had 367 cases of COVID and only 22 deaths. Yakima, by comparison, we have 250,000, almost 251. We've had 1,200 cases of COVID and 47 deaths. And you can see in apples to apples comparison, these numbers don't look great. And so Yakima, we need to rise to the challenge. We need to be more careful. We need to stay home and stay safe. We need to look out for our fellow citizens. Um, speaking personally, as I'm looking at the numbers and looking at the statistics and like what health, you know, underlying health conditions, you have underlying health conditions. And there's like five main things. And as I was looking at them, um, I haven't really said anything publicly to this point, but I guess I will today. Um, uh, the first week that the pandemic kind of hit and the lockdown came, um, I was diagnosed with diabetes. And so I'm a type two diabetic and having to check my blood every day and take medication and make sure that, you know, I'm, my, I'm not having glucose spikes and all these kind of things. So anyway, I have diabetes, um, high blood pressure, you know, I'm almost 50. Um, I'm like checking all these boxes of if you get this, odds are you're going to potentially die because you have these underlying conditions. And so that's me. Um, some of my uh, more extreme friends on the right, some of them I've seen posting things like, well, we just need to call the herd. We need to get rid of the sick and the weak so that our economy can kind of get back to the way it needs to be. Um, and so, you know, I just, speaking to that calling the herd, I'm one of those who you're wanting to have die. I'm, I'm one of those people. Um, so 
maybe it helps to put a face to that. The Dusty is one of those who I'm hitting a bunch of those markers of people who would probably die. And so you're talking about me calling me. Um, you know, some of my friends on the extreme left side of things are like basically saying, take all of Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos money, spread it all out to everybody. You know, everybody will be okay. We'll just take all their money and then make it through. Um, that's not the way of God either. You know, taking things from people, um, stealing, <laughs> you know, basically people's hard earned money. That's not good either. And so my encouragement to you in all of this is find the heart of God. Find the heart of Christ. What is the Father doing? And do that which the Father is doing. As Christians, we're not called to just throw the weak under the bus and basically say, well, go die in a hole because we don't need you. You're not strong enough to survive with the rest of us anyway. And also on the other side, we are not called to despise people's hard work and the, the fact that they have worked hard to... Um, to gain something in, in their lives. And a lot of it's through ingenuity and intelligence, a lot of hours that nobody else knows about. And just taking that away from all of them because you're in need, that's not of God either. And so let's find the heart of God in the midst of all of this. Um, you know, the sobering thing to me in this is we've lost 60,000 of our fellow citizens here in the United States. And we should mourn that. We should not just talk about it from an economic standpoint or just a class versus class standpoint. I feel like we need to stop for a minute. Just in Yakima, we've lost 50 of our fellow citizens. In the state of Washington, we've lost 800. That's like the entire population of the middle school that I work at. Like if every single person in the middle school died of, the, of our student body, which is around 800, they would all be gone. That's how many we've lost just here in Washington state. We should mourn that. We should stop and recognize that that has real, real weight to it. So I found this ancient Jewish prayer for the dead. And if you would, I'd like for you to pray along with me. God filled with mercy, dwelling in the heaven's heights, bring proper rest beneath the wings of your Shania. Amid the ranks of the holy and the pure, illuminating like the brilliance of the skies the souls of our beloved and our blameless who went to their eternal place of rest. May you, who are the source of mercy, shelter them beneath your wings eternally and bind their souls among the living, that they may rest in peace and let us say, amen. Lord, take them into your, under your wing. Take them into your, into your heavens, God. Lord, all of these souls are fellow citizens that we've lost, Jesus. Lord, would you hold them near? Thank you, Lord. Amen. So I was praying about what to dig into this week, and I felt like the Lord was revealing a few things to me, uh, which I'm going to share. And I thought I would take this moment to address uh, people saying that I have a word from the Lord or sharing things that they feel like are from God. Um, the scripture in 1 John encourages the following. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they're from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 1 John 4.1. See, God says, 
test whether what somebody's telling you or saying to you is true. Does your spirit confirm what they're saying? God doesn't just say just because Dusty says something that, and he says that he feels like it's from the Lord that, well, that's it, you know, period, the end. Um, you should pray about it. You should sit with it. You should give it some weight and see if that's what God is actually speaking. So I encourage you to do that today. And not just Dusty, but anyone who's saying that they feel like they have something from God. So any word or prophetic statement that contradicts what God has previously revealed in Scripture should be suspect. If it takes us away, I've missed away. If it takes us away from Jesus, it's not from God. If it's taking you away from Jesus, if a word or prophetic utterance or prophetic direction is taking you away from Christ, it's not from God. Galatians 1, 6-8 says this, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we are an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. If it's taking you away from God, like I just said, Paul says, throw it away, get rid of it. Even if it seems like it's coming from an angel of the Lord, if it's taking you away from Jesus, it is not of God. And so you need to, you need to put any words that are given or any prophetic utterances are given that way. If it contradicts scripture, if it contradicts taking you away from the gospel of Jesus Christ, then it is not right. That's not to say we don't pray and ask for God to speak with us. We should. We just need to be wise. The Apostle Paul encourages us again in Thessalonians. Prophecies should not be despised, but they should be tested. Test all things and hold fast to what is good. That's in 1 Thessalonians 5, 20 through 21. So with all of that being said, here's what I felt like the Lord laid on my heart. There is going to be coming soon and in the future an increase of pain and <coughs> angst, both in the world and in the church. Family member will be pitted against family member. There will be strife and conflict between nations and locally. Those of us who follow Jesus need to remember to embody the fruits of the Spirit. And what are those fruits of the Spirit? Galatians 5, 23-23 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So if we as the people of God, if we as followers of Jesus are not engaging in these things, instead, if we're sowing fear, if we're sowing anger, if we're sowing conflict between each other, then we are not in the will of God. It's oppositional to what the fruit of the Spirit is. So make sure that when in your speech, whether it be in person or online, that you exhibit the fruits of the Spirit, that those are held. Don't spread fear. Don't spread anger. Spread love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's a lot of things that are against the law right now. These things, none of those are against the law, Paul says. Additionally, continuing what I felt like God was speaking to me. Additionally, we need to fully embrace a spirit of grace, mercy, and above all, forgiveness. There will be slanders and accusations flying all around us in this coming season. Untruth and manipulation will carry some people to temporary victory. 
temporary. Note that word, temporary. God would ask us, however, to remember what Jesus said. In Mark 8, Jesus said this, And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but you lose your soul? Temporary victories are not worth losing your soul over. Temporary battles that you might win online or in person or by, you know, standing against, you know, fighting against conflict, angst, none of those things matter. What does it matter if you gain the whole world but you lose your soul? Embody those fruits of the Spirit. Remember those fruits of the Spirit. This is why I felt like God was speaking to me. I mentioned above that the way of forgiveness would be a key in this season. If we want to see true revival and a turning back of people's hearts to God, which is, I, I believe, I truly, truly, truly believe that this season that we're in right now, this pain that we're in right now is a birthing pain and it's setting a stage for revival that God is going to bring. I believe that when, when I was praying this Goosebumpy. I, I believe when I was praying this week and I felt like God was speaking these things to me, He is setting the stage for a coming move of God that is going to be incredible. And we have to be ready for it. But we have to be people of forgiveness. The church has to position itself in the right place and be on the right side of, of caring for others and, and being on the right side for our character. Our character. What is the character of the people of God? So I believe God is at work with us. So we have to be a people who extend and receive forgiveness from our fellow man. The enemy of our soul hates this because forgiveness completely undermines his work. Because what does it say, scripture say he came to do? To steal, to kill, and finally, to divide. That's his purpose. And forgiveness keeps us together. Forgiveness keeps us together. Matthew 6, immediately after the disciples ask Jesus how to pray, and he tells them that our Father, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So right after that verse is this one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So there is a condition to us receiving forgiveness from God. By the words of Christ, these are the words of Jesus, who is the clearest reflection of the heart of God that we have. And Jesus said that we have to forgive others to receive God's forgiveness for ourselves. So this is vital. This is a hinge pin for our, our understanding of our walk with God is forgiveness. From the Journal of Health Psychology, I was kind of looking into this a little bit, to examine risk and resilience factors that affect health. So your health, Lifetime stress exposure histories, dispositional forgiveness levels, and mental physical health were assessed in 100. So they took a sampling of 148 young adults. And greater lifetime stress severity and lower levels of forgiveness each uniquely predicted worse mental and physical health. So people had worse mental and physical health when they held on to unforgiveness. When they maintained unforgiveness and bitterness and anger in their hearts, it affected their bodies. It affected their mental health. Continuing on, analysis also revealed a graded stress times forgiveness interaction effect, wherein associations between stress and mental health were weaker for persons exhibiting more forgiveness. These data are the first to elucidate the interactive effects of cumulative 
stress severity and forgiveness on health and suggests that developing a more forgiving coping style helps minimize stress-related disorders. So if you can cultivate forgiveness in your life and in your heart, if you have hypertension, if you have high blood pressure, if you have heart issues, if you have mental health issues like anxiety, depression, all of these types of things, forgiveness can help mitigate those things. It lowers those things. It lowers your risk. So it's almost like God knows how we work. <laughs> and when he's encouraging us to forgive, he's looking out for us. It's not just uh, be a nice person, forgive other people. It's not just that. It has an actual toll. Unforgiveness takes a toll on your mind and your body. Micah 7, 18 through 19 says this about God and forgiving us. Who is a God like you who pardons sin and forgives the transgression? of the remnant of his inheritance. You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. You will again have compassion on us. You will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depths of the sea. God throws our sins into the depths of the sea. God is a forgiving God. God is a loving God. God is a God who wants to forgive our sins. And so we should be like Christ. We should be like God and treat other people's sins against us, other people's grievances against us the same way. And that's my encouragement to you. We want to see revival. I know that anyone here listening to the sound of my voice that you tuned in this morning, you want to see God's revival. You want to see God change our world. And forgiveness is gonna be a key to that. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, would you show us the path to forgiveness? Would you show us the path of grace and mercy that you exhibited to us over and over and most significantly on the cross? Where while you were hanging there on the cross, looking down at those who put you there, you prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Lord, may we have that same type of forgiveness. May we follow the way of Christ. Embed that in our hearts and minds this morning, Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys for joining me this week. Next week, I have a special guest for you. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be awesome. So make sure to tune in next week for our special guest teacher. Bless you all and have a great week.